Uh, Jordan Canellis has jumped in. JK, hello. Hello. Afternoon. How are we? Yeah, very well, thanks. Uh, how, how, now, you've been uh, producing the show out there. How do you feel the energy levels have gone? Because uh, we're into the fourth hour now. I think we're actually doing pretty well. We're doing all right? Yeah, I think okay. we've had enough variety. We've had cricket, a bit of footy, a bit of basketball. So yes. Spread it out nice. Some NFL. Um so I wanted to get you in here, and we'll, we'll throw this around. 0433981116, There's nothing better than the new year to, I suppose, give you a sense of optimism. New Year's all about new possibilities, uh, what could be, the days ahead, how this year is going to be better than last year, and nothing encapsulates more than um, that more than sport. Mm-hmm. Because at this time of the year, even though we're in the middle of cricket and we're in the middle of other sports, but by and large, you get to look ahead to the year that will be and, and it's a clean slate. Yep. Doesn't matter what happened last year. It's all about what could happen this year. So we get to make some predictions. And so I thought we'd get out the crystal ball, but make the big calls this year on a few different things. And I'm just going to start throwing them around. And you chime in as well, and we'll get you to chime in off the text, 433 98 11 16 or one 736 Here are the categories. Your sporting crystal ball big call. Yeah, go out on a limb. Put them out there. Money where your mouth is type of thing. Your biggest, your, your comeback of the year nominee, so a person, a player, an athlete, even a team that was down, but they're going to come back and prove that they're not out. Uh, the breakout star of the year, a player that you think is going to go to the next level in whatever sport it might be. We're going to start with the crystal ball big call. My crystal ball big call is a few. But the first one is that John Newcomb, Nick Dacos, and Marcus Bontempelli will all tie for the Brownlow. <laughs> what? Hang on, John Newcomb, yeah. Nick Dacos, and Marcus Bontempelli will make a three-way tie for the Brownlow, a la Goods, Rusciuto, and Buckley in 2003, I think it was. Yes, it was. All right. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I'm the Marcus Bontempelli part, I'm all on board. He, yep. he was my tip for the Brownlow last year. I think he'll do it next year or this year. Nick Dacos. I can see that. He polled very well and missed those last couple of games for the season, but was still up in the top whatever it was by the later rounds. Mm-hmm. Where'd you pluck John Newcomb from? Now, I'm a, Hawthorn, I, I'm a Hawthorne fan <laughs> like you, but j- explain. He John has part. everything. He's got long hair. He's an eye-catching player. He's a breakaway <laughs> from stoppage, penetrating kick inside forward 50. He's got a great fend. He's got strength. He wins his own footy, but he's good on the outside as well. So he does all the things that you know that catch the eye of the umpire and mm. votes and he got decent votes in last year's Brownlow. Sometimes umpires are a year behind when it comes to this stuff. Yes. They will be paying much closer attention to John Newcomb. And I think he is going to be, he's also one of my breakout stars of the year uh, for this season. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's fair. Hey, it's got to be big. It's got to be bold. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, and, and if, if Hawthorne's fortunes increase this year or improve this year and they go close to making finals, um, then, you know, the, the votes that Hawthorne players might have lost because they played in losing games might then get flipped the other way there you go. to players who play in a winning team. Have you got one? Uh, yes, I've got one. I've got, uh, in, for AFL, I've got the uh, the Suns are going to be the big improved team this year. So much yep. so that they will finish top four. Top four. So I've got them in the top eight, but I haven't gone top four. I think t- there's always teams. You, you look back year on year through the ladders and you yes. compare one ladder from one year to the one in the in the yeah. next year, and there's always one team that springs up out of nowhere. There is. It's the the numbers are actually two point eight teams come out of the eight. Yep. And two point eight on average come in. So let's say three. So three teams are going to come out of the eight. One of those is going to come out of the top four and drop out of the eight entirely. Yes. And then from the teams that come in of the three teams, one 
goes up into the four. Yes, there's always one team that that makes a huge leap. Yep, out and of the eight, and into then the there's four. two others that sort of sneak into yep. seventh and eighth. I think the Suns will be that team that makes the huge leap. Um, I think that's great. I don't, I don't have them in the four, but I've got them in the eight. The other big call for the year is teams are going to finally take goal kicking seriously. It's going to be the biggest leap <laughs> in an improved and an area of improvement in the game in 2024. It will be the biggest improvement in footy in 2024. Only three teams kicked for goal above 50% last year, Collingwood, North and Geelong. Frankly, that's that should be a source of embarrassment in a purely professional game with every resource available, seven days a week, 24 hours a day in which they can get this break, basic premise of the game right. You win the ball, you kick it through the big sticks. It's the only part of the game that's been getting progressively worse since the professional era began. Last year, it cost teams games, spots in finals, and actual finals. Adelaide and Melbourne, you know, we're talking about you. Better goal-kicking accuracy is going to see bigger scores. That's a good thing for the comp. So offensive coaches are in vogue right now. So if you're not a creative coach offensively, then you can't win the flag. Melbourne, we're sort of looking at you again. You need to be a top-five defence, but the league is in an offensive trend. So you've got to get on board or you get left behind. So if you're a defensive-minded coach like Lyon or Longmuir, that's not a criticism. I just can't see you having a successful year unless you do what Chris Scott did, which I think is the defining moment of his career. He cha- he recognised where the game was going and he changed his whole coaching philosophy about the way his team moved the ball and the way that they attacked. And they got that flag mm-hmm. um, in 2022. It's no coincidence that Collingwood were the most accurate team in the comp, the second highest scoring team, second for goals per inside 50, number one for goal assists, three for marks inside 50. They won the flag. That is scary for the competition that they did that as the team ranked sixth for inside 50s. So they weren't even top five for inside 50s, yet they were that efficient in the way that they did it. So they can even get better. So if they get the ball in there even more, they're going to score even more. And they've got the third best defense in the comp last year. So everyone's going to try and catch the pies, but you're not going to be able to do it by parking the bus. You have to outscore them. Brisbane are the team that can and almost did. So I'm tipping in the AFL... And the AFLW, scoring is going to take a massive leap forward and scoring accuracy will be the biggest improvement in the game. Yeah, I like that. And I think teams that that don't score highly are already getting found out. So the team like St Kilda um, started the season so well, but they can you can afford to sort of maybe play a little defensive because scoring is low in the, in the first couple of rounds of the season. So mm. St Kilda got off looking here to a five and two start. Had a few losses in the middle of the season and got some form at the back end to to sneak into finals. Now you and I called the the Giants Saints elimination final game and they were people still talking about it. They were they were they were ran off the park by the by the Giants who blew yep. them out of the water with yep. with fast, uh, incisive football that went inside fifty and scored heavily. Yep. And the Saints were left left floundering. That's I think that St Kilda. I mean they're. They're a team who made finals, so they're a, they're a good yeah. squad. They just need to score better. And the Pies and the Giants are sort of taking the game in a new direction. That You don't have to have a Lynch-Rewalt combination. I've always believed that you've got to have mm. two really good key forwards. Well, they're really testing that theory. That you've got to have the big dominant key forwards because if you need that bailout kick down the line, the mark inside 50, then they are. that's what they do. And that's what West Coast won a grand final doing that against Collingwood who couldn't do it. But they are testing that theory because of how efficient they are when they put the ball inside forward 50, lowering the eyes or the whatever it be, the movement of their forward line. But they've got Jesse Hogan, who pretty much plays, and, and there's the other uh, young guy whose name is just escaping me. Who, the Giants? Yeah. Riccardi? Who, Riccardi, who played up forward as well and did a really good job as a second foil. But there's going to be no Dan McStay, but they didn't have him in the grand final. And Brody Mycheck isn't a number one key forward, but has to be that. But because of the way that they move the ball inside 50, 
They go, they are actually in the top three for marks inside 50, yet they don't have that big, yeah. you know, quintessential dominant key forward. They've got all those guys getting to the right places at the right time, so well coached, so well drilled, and they execute what they're coached so well. And the Giants are similar. Yeah, it's kind of fun, like thinking about that. So Brody Majek and, and his um, his physique, it, the big key forward, like what is the big key forward there to do? They're there to mark the ball. Mm. Kick goals. Kick goals. Put mark. pressure on when you can. You don't. They don't actually need to be big, do they? As long as they can mark the football and score a goal, it mm. doesn't sort of matter what the physique is, as long as you're, you're proficient in that skill. I mean, we've yeah. seen that with Bailey Fritch. He's but you can't throw him out of the bus by dumping inside forward 50. Yes, you have to be. Yeah, you have to yeah. be. You have to be smart with how you get the ball to them for service. Um, I don't know if this one here is a big call necessarily, but I think it's something that will probably happen. Is if the Dockers miss finals again, I think that's it for Justin Longmuir. Yeah, I, I don't ever go down that. I, I, I just I think it's. But we talk about coaches on the hot seat yeah, every know. year, and I think he he is going to start the season. Even I don't, if we don't want to see anyone lose their job, but no, geez, it's going to be hard for him to keep it if they can't make I, finals. I think it's hard to. I mean, he's 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 got a team there that I think is almost well equipped enough. There might be a few pieces that are still missing. I think they probably need another key forward alongside Jai Amos. Um. But I, I think the decision making at that team over the last couple of years, uh, the, the squad that they have that they've that they've almost got really to be a finals contending team, and I feel like they just sort of stick their foot in it yeah. a little bit. And this ties into the discussion we just had before about high scoring teams versus overly defensive teams. I think he's he's a great defensive coach. We know really? that yeah, from fantastic. his time at Collingwood and even what we've seen at the Dockers. But they, it, it's he's coming into his fifth season now or sixth season now at, at, at Fremantle and he mm. still hasn't addressed their attacking deficiencies. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I think St Kilda were fourth in the comp for disposals, but nowhere near there for inside fifties and Freo are a little similar. They get a lot of the footy, but they just don't really go anywhere with it. They were 16th for inside fifties and they were 11th for disposals. So they, they sort of, it, and it's not that fun to watch mm. either. Um, and they didn't have a great record at home this year either. But the good news is for Justin Longmuir, everyone knows he's a, a smart and astute coach. He, oh, you've he, got the pieces there to be able to turn it around. So that would be an exciting challenge for him with a year left to go on his contract. I mean, it, it, if the players buy in and the players seem to talk glowingly about him, then you, you can change it all. Mm. Who, just on the, on the ladder, so mm. on, the, on the teams who uh, drop out of the eight, who will be the teams to drop out of the eight? Oh, I haven't quite gone through that yet and yeah. made my decisions um, about that. I think St Kilda are definitely one that, that go out. Yeah. Um, someone has to come out of the top four. So I can't see that being Collingwood or Brisbane. So that leaves Port or Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bit of a coin toss. I'm kind of my There's eyes are sort going, of hovering over Melbourne. Yeah. I, I think it could be Port. Yeah. Uh, there's a few things that have to sort of be sorted at Melbourne as we know, and we don't need to get into all of that. So, and then you've got to look at which of the two that come out. I can't see it being the Giants. I think they continue on an upward trajectory. Yep. I think they don't be surprised to see them in the top four next year. Uh, so I think it's St Kilda. So it sort of leaves me with one more that has to come out. Sydney finished eighth. I think it could be Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. So just off the top of my head, I haven't gone yeah, into yeah, it yeah. in great detail. We've got to get to the news, but on the other side of this, we're going to keep our, Sporting crystal ball, big calls going. You can have yours, one 736 736 I'm going to tell you three things that we will see for the last time 
this season. Oh, okay. Sam Hargraves with you for the next half hour. Jordan Canellis has jumped in. Our sporting crystal ball big calls. We're making some big calls, putting them out there, uh, going out on a limb, money where the mouth is, sort of stuff. Um, and we've gone through a few. And I said before the news, Jordan, that I was going to tell you three things that we will see for the last time in season 2024. All right, I'm curious about this. All right, the first one is day grand finals. Oh. New broadcast deal starts in 2025. You cannot expect the broadcaster to pay what they pay and pay what they have and still keep a game that is the game of the year and not have it in prime time and keep it out of prime time. It will at least be a twilight by 2025. I know that Andrew Dillon is a traditionalist, but something has to give and it will. This will be the last year we see a fully fledged day grand final. It might start in the day, but it's going to finish in the night come 2025. So from a broadcaster's perspective, is this a TV broadcaster's perspective? Is this because um, advertising is more valuable at nighttime? Yes. Okay. What about eyes on the product at night? Um, I don't know if that's valid. I I think the AFL grand final is the AFL grand final. There's going to be a large Popular, a large portion of the population are going to watch it regardless. But you'll get more at night. Mm. It'll be the I, think, I think it's negligible. I think I definitely. I think the the advertising part makes sense. And if mm-hmm. the if the adver- or if the uh, broadcasters are going to pay more, which normally happens in a broadcast deal year on year, uh, or deal on deal, uh, then they'll want to get some some money back. Particularly in this in this in this climate, in this uh, financial environment right now, they'll want to get a bit back. So the advertising. Yep. Comes into it. A lot of people work during the day on, on a Saturday as well. Mm. Okay. The numbers right. of a night grand final have shown. Did the AF, when did the AF... There's a COVID aspect to it, but the numbers of night grand finals have shown that you get more. Didn't the AFL come out and say it's going to stay as a day grand final recently? Yeah, that's, they did. But then just remember, there's a new broadcast deal that starts in 2025. Okay. All right. So that's, this will be the last year we see day grand finals. That's my, uh, one of my crystal ball big calls. The yeah. other one, this will be the last year that we don't have Thursday night footy in every round. Yeah, I like this one, yeah. So I challenge you on the first one, Again, but I, I agree broadcast. with you on this one. Broadcast yeah. deal comes in. I know that the Players Association are still, there's some concerns about five-day turnarounds with the limited rotations. I think there'll have to be a trade-off there, give some rotations back, get Friday night footy and five-day turnarounds. But this will be the last year where we don't have Thursday night footy and a million viewers every Thursday night. Yeah. Again, you've got to, rec- you've got to be able to recoup what you pay for the broadcast rights. And they pay a lot and they deserve to be able to put games where the most eyes can be on them. Thursday night has proven that it is a winner. And it's a, it's a long-term look as well for the AFL. So mm. having a Thursday night game, you know, I suppose in a way conditioning the fans to be familiar with a, with a Thursday night game, which we have become over the last couple of years, then plays into in a couple of years from now, you know, 10 years from now, when a 20th team comes in the competition and there'll be another game added per weekend, you're going to have to have a Thursday night mm. game because we have Tassie coming in and then Team 20, that, that'll be happening yeah. down the track. Yeah. You're going to need an extra fixture, which means an extra time slot. So yeah. Thursday night just alleviates some of that pressure in and scheduling. if Fox footy, uh, this is four actually, if Fox footy are, are going to be, and it looks like they will be having their own call, like they do with the rugby league, they've got their call mm-hmm. of every game as well, say goodbye to game clashes because there is enough real estate to have a house on every block. My you don't need to subdivide yeah. and have two houses on the one block. You, 
the the sporting <laughs> the competition for eyes on your product has never been higher. People have other interests. They have streaming. They have a whole range of other stuff that they do. It is not just a walk up start that footy is always going to be people's number one priority. You have as much as enough competition as it is without competing with yourself. So with Thursday night footy being every week, we will no longer see two Saturday night games going up against each other because we disrespect the showdown every year by not having that as a standalone. Same with the derby or the derby, wherever you're born. Um, so that, that will be the byproduct of Thursday night every week. We're not going to see games clash anymore after this year. And the last one, this will be the last year we see this score review system in place. There's a, 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 this year will be the year that a team, and again, broadcast deal. More money comes in. You take your first check to JB Hi-Fi, wherever you go and get those David Attenborough cameras, and you fix the score review system because it will cost a, t- a team a final this year, and it won't be because the right procedure wasn't followed or he just didn't call for the review when he didn't. There won't be a way to explain it away like there was with Richmond and Brisbane or with Adelaide uh, and the goal umpire not calling for review. It will be a case of the review system and the technology was not good enough to get the decision right, and it will cost a team a final. There will be blue murder. It'll be a big team too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who have sway and clout. <laughs> yes. And it will change. And lots of fans. Yes, and it will change. <laughs> It'll be calling us. So yeah. those are the four things that we will never see. They will go the way of the dodo after this season. So it's not the, just to clarify, it's not the score review that's going the way of the dodo. It's the current setup. The current. It's going to be an improved review. setup because in the years to come. the system is Commodore 64 level mm-hmm. when we live in a virtual reality AI world. Yeah. I can't remember what I was watching recently. There was some sport. I can't remember. It might have been NFL a few days ago or, or whatever it was. And there was, they had, they had uh, camera angles, like slow motion replays that they were using for just sort of what they call beauty shots, just to, you know, show the, just, you mm. know, the, you know, the athletic prowess of these, of these people. And I thought these networks and fair enough, it might've been overseas. I can't recall the sport, but it was overseas. It might've been cricket, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, there might be more money involved in these sports uh, and, and, you know, more money that's available than what is available here. But if these broadcasters are using, you know, uh, high definition, 4k ultra slow-mo cameras for just beauty shots, why can't we use them for our actual yep. score review system? And the AFL needs to stop trying to get the broadcaster to pay it because they've paid. They're paying. They're billions mm. of dollars that we're getting. You go out there and you get the technology. As Jared Kratz said to me, if David Attenborough can show a hummingbird's wings and each individual flap of it, yep. then we can find the right technology and the right cameras in the right places to make sure that we're not relying on a blurred hand that looks like we're trying to protect the person's identity because they're in witness protection. To play devil's advocate here, so the other day I was watching the uh, the Ben Keyes uh, disallowed goal mm. and um, I actually think so. Th- there was such a big gap frame by frame from when the ball was approaching the goalpost from his from his kick from the boundary, mm. the next frame after that, the ball was behind the goalpost. Now, in that, mm. the lost frames in the middle, the ball actually might have hit the post. Mm. So the umpire might have actually made the right call. But on the, on the replays, we're not to tell. And we only see the, the spinning of the ball through the air yep. looking like it's completely missed the goalpost. But it might have actually nicked it on the way through, and we just don't know. And the blurred fingers, oh, that will be yeah. a thing of the past. <laughs> and... The phrase goal umpires call. There's, yeah, and there is not enough evidence to overturn the decision. We're never going to hear that again after this year. So um, we're going to keep this going. Your sporting crystal ball, big calls. We're going to get nominations too for the comeback athlete of the year and the breakout athlete of the year. Have your say. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. We can text 433 Timmy says, agree with all four. Spot on. Well done, guys. Lovely morning listening to you in the pool. 
Oh, well, very nicely done, Timmy, and glad <laughs> to have you on board. Your 2024 Sporting Crystal Ball Big Call. Uh, Sam Hargraves in on mornings until 1pm. Jordan Canellis is with us as well. We're just working our way through these. Blackie and Doreen's got one. He wants to make a big call. Blackie, take it away. Yes, Sammy, I've got a big call and a prediction. A big call. The Pies will miss top four. Okay. Right. Yeah. Do they still win the flag, though? Think, yeah, no, only because I think Brisbane won't go anywhere. I think Carlton and GWS showed in limited time that uh, they caught the competition and are catching the, the, the grand finals very quickly and another pre-season for both. I think in sure they, they make it. And I'd still look at Melbourne's list and think they're, they tweak a few things and just, just, as you said, get that game plan going. They've got a better list than just about maybe everyone. Definitely got a better list than Collingwood. I mean, Collingwood just play a, a better style. So, I, I, yeah, I think that's my big call. And a prediction, a basketball one, KD and Steph Curry will team up again. Who's Ooh, going yeah, where, though? At. Steph's not going to leave Golden State, surely. No, no it, it, I think KD will go back to I think KD will go back to Golden State. I think both of them are getting towards the end of their careers, well, certainly the back end. And, you know, you know what the basketball is like, it's all about uh, the legacy you leave. KD's got two rings, Steph's got four. Steph definitely wants to get five. And I think KD has wanted to go, mm. you know, he's left Golden State because he wanted to win a title. On his own. Uh, yep. Being on his own. And he's, he's been a three or four. And it's everywhere he goes, it, I think he pulls his air out. I think he'll just go back to Golden State and uh, I'll, I'll try and get another ring together. Nicely done, uh, Blackie. Appreciate the call and uh, happy new year to you. JK, you've got a, a, another, from a different sport, a big call you want to make? Yeah, I've got a few non-AFL uh, big calls. We've got right. the Olympics this year. Yeah. Paris 2024. I think Australia will finish above Great Britain and above whatever we're grouping the Russian athletes as to finish top four in the Olympic table. Top the, four. The medal table. On the medal table yeah. for Australia. We'll probably be behind the USA and China just by weight of numbers. I've got more athletes. But I think we'll... Yeah. I think we saw improvement from the overall Australian Olympic team in Tokyo. We saw great results in the pool. We had great results at the World Championships in the pool. We saw we've got an up-and-coming athletics team on the rise, um, particularly in the field events. We've got high jumpers and sh- and shot putters and discus mm. and all those. I think I think we'll do well. I think we'll do. And there were medals that we missed out on. We didn't win a mm. hockey medal, a gold medal. Thankfully, breakdancing's in. I think we're a big chance in breakdancing. Massive break chance dancing. in breakdancing. Uh, I wouldn't have a clue. Uh, skateboarding, we, we are a chance we actually uh, in are skateboarding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the biggest, so the comeback story of the year, I, I reckon there's a couple yeah. in for this. So Aaron Rodgers is one when he comes back for the New York Jets. That's going to be massive after lasting just four snaps. Uh, the biggest recruit in years. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen. I think it's going to be a massive one when he finally gets back, a wretched run with injuries. You've got one from tennis, I know, that I'll leave to you. The comeback story of the year, and it'll be the second time that he's probably won this, will be Tiger Woods. So he played only two events um, this year and one just recently to finish out the year, the yep. Euro. Um, he will be the comeback player of the year. He says he wants to play an event a month and he wants to play the majors. He's ranked outside the top 800 in the world. He'll be back inside the top 100 and vying for a FedEx Cup championship spot. Uh, by the end of the PGA season uh, this year. I think he will be the comeback story for the second time in his career, Tiger. You've got a comeback, though, in the world of tennis. Yes. Well, there's two here in the world of tennis. I think one will be bigger than the other. One is Rafael Nadal yep. coming back. Now, that, that's, that's big by – that is huge. That's big by his, 
his his stature in the sport. But really, Nadal's maybe only got one year left in the sport, and who who knows if he wins a Grand Slam this year? He might. He's you know he's he's performed great feats before. Yes. So Nadal comes back, but Naomi Osaka is coming back as well. Do a Serena, you reckon? She could. She, yeah. She had uh, she right before the Oz Open last year, she withdrew from the tournament because. She found out that she was pregnant, gave birth during the year, uh, and she's now returned for the first time since the end of 2022 uh, to the tennis circuit. She's playing in, um, in in Brisbane, I believe, this week. Had her first match the other night, and I think she'll come back and, and achieve success again. I think she'll go right back up to the top of women's tennis. I like that. The comeback stories of the year, our big calls, our predictions for this year. Um, so the breakout star of 2024, if he wasn't already in 2023, but I reckon he'll do so by virtue of winning one of the four golf majors this year will be Minwoo Lee. Minwoo Lee is going to yeah. win a major this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he was inside the top 10 after 36 holes of three out of four last year. Wow. Uh, and inside the top 20 in th- uh, three, I got to, uh, let me just get that up in a sec as my computer screen in front of me just died, but he was fantastic in the majors this year. He has a game built to win majors to my eye and to the eyes of people much more credible in the world of golf than me. I think he will be the breakout star of the year. He won the Australian PGA. I think he will win his first major this year. Uh, the Dolphins in the NRL in their second season are going to make the eight. The Mavericks in the Super Netball are going to do what the Sunny Coast Lightning did and win in their very first year, the title. All right, big win for us. <laughs> yep, go the Mavericks. The Gold Coast Suns will be in the top eight. And the, the breakout star in the in the AFL, I nominated him last year coming off a knee, but Cam Rayner will be All-Australian. Okay. And will be a dominant force in the AFL this year. He has yeah, everything yeah. needed. How old is he now? Uh, so he was 2017 draft. So he'd be... 25 or something? Yeah, about that. 23, 24. Um, 20, 24, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm not going to put that tag on Harley Reid. I think we're going to see signs of how good Harley Reid is, but West Coast are in such a bad state that they won't actually be able to protect him in the way that you'd, you'd like to protect a guy that you think is going to carry a midfield for the next 10 or 15 years. I'm hoping they don't throw him straight on the ball. I'm hoping that they do what Collingwood and North did with Dacos and Sheasel, protect him at all costs. Mm-hmm. It's the most valuable asset you've ever had, and he doesn't have much around him with all due respect to be able to protect him. Will Ashcroft was able to go into the yeah. Brisbane midfield because, you know, Lockie Neal and Josh Dunkley and um, had Dane Zorko in and around. And there was players that, you know, it's established midfield that he was stepping into anyway. Yeah, so yeah. you were able to give him spurts in there and protect him. I don't think West Coast can protect him as well as a top side like Brisbane were able to protect Will Ashcroft. So I'm not going to put Harley Reid in the breakout star of this year just yet. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I had one from uh, from Matt out the back uh, mm. who was on earlier today. Big Western Bulldogs fan, but I actually endorse this as well. Sam Darcy, if he's fit and plays mm. and plays the full season, I think I think we've seen just in the few few games that he's played yep. that he's got a lot about him. We know yep. he's talented, and I think he'll be a uh, I think he'll be a, a critical part of that Dogs team. Um, defense or forward? Not quite sure yet. I do like him in the back line. Um, yep. I've got I think Ben Hobbs. From the okay. from the bombers, just, just on um, just on Sam Darcy. The fascinating thing about that is I agree with that. And then you've got Jamar Eagle Hagen, I think, coming out of contract. Who's uh, one of them is going to be offered ten years at yeah. massive money somewhere yeah, else. And because of the contract signing of Aaron Norton, the dogs aren't going to be able to keep them both if that happens. Yeah, that's so a good... that, that that's going to be must watch 
how that unfolds. Yeah, agree. Because Jamar is going to have a great year as well. He's going to take another step. He'll up. take another. Someone's going to offer him ten years at a trillion dollars. I think Ben Hobbs is on the bubble of being yep. a of being a great midfielder at the Bombers. So I look to see his improvement this year. And then I've got to throw in a soccer one because I'm a big football fan. From an Australian perspective, we've got a young player called Alex Robertson who was uh, who is a Manchester City player. Yes, trains under Pep Guardiola. Ooh. He's on the uh, on the books at the moment on loan at Portsmouth, but he will be the breakout star for the Socceroos next year. Uh, nicely done. Our sporting crystal ball big call.